first and foremost, I want to thank you for listening to the Inside Out Group podcast. And our hope is that you really are able to transform and redefine your culture from the inside out. Real quick, before we dive into today's topic, I want to tell you about an event that City Church is holding in October uh, on Friday the 12th at 7 p.m. We are going to be doing a citywide or really capital region-wide night of worship where we're inviting all the churches from the capital region to come together. With this, we're going to be bringing in Mac Brock, who was formerly um, one of the leaders and songwriters for Elevation Church, who's now gone out on his own and is doing an incredible job to, to join the City Church worship team to be leading it that night. But it gets better. On top of unifying the church and just making Jesus famous in the capital region, we also want to honor the pastors in the capital region. And so if you're a pastor, send us an email at info at citychurchalbany.com or podcast at insideoutgroup.org and let us know that you're interested in this. What we want to do for you is we want to send you an RSVP invitation for you to come to a pastor appreciation dinner. We want to honor the men and women who are building the kingdom of God in the capital region and really in the Northeast and thank you for your service to the kingdom of God. Uh, There's zero strings attached. There's not going to be any marketing scheme or presentation. It isn't going to be one of those things where you go in and we try to sell you a fire extinguisher. It is literally just a thank you dinner and just honoring you for what God is doing in and through your ministry. Also, if you're a worship leader or you have a worship leader on your team, we want to invite you to a special Q&A session with Mac Brock that's going to be facilitated by our worship team. It's going to be an opportunity for you to be able to meet him, ask him questions, and just learn more about his music writing and worship leading process. Then for that night, on top of all of that, we want to be able to give back to our community. So the event is 100% free. City Church is taking care of the entire cost of it. But what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking up a special love offering that night. And 100% of the funds that come in from this night of worship is going to go back into two particular nonprofits that we will be releasing at a later date to go back into the community of Albany to help with the homeless and to help with foster care. And so we're extremely pumped up about it again. This is October 12th at 7 p.m. at the Washington Armory in downtown Albany, New York. And we would love for you, your team, and your church to come be a part of this historical night of worship. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Inside Out Group podcast, where we talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Our goal is to help redefine your culture from the inside out. Today, we're going to talk about the process from start to finish of us launching our first multi-site campus. So today you have myself, Nathan, and Mike Moore. Mike. Howdy. Yep. How's it going? It's going. It's going good. <laughs> how are you? I'm, I'm good, man. This is different. You're asking me how I'm doing. You know, it's more of just you and then we jump right in, but I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That's good. That's good to hear. So first question, just so that we stay true to the tradition. Uh, City Church just went multi-site. So we had our Albany campus, and now we have our Rensselaer campus. Um, Let's start with the obvious question, why? Why would you do another site? Yeah, so um, there's two two reasons for that. The most logical answer is because we needed to. We were out of space. I'll get to that in a minute. But um, several years ago, I actually live in the city of Rensselaer, which is where our multi-site location is. And several years ago, I was actually, whenever the church was struggling, the church was financially just having some hard issues. I was working three different jobs. 
and I was delivering newspapers in the city of Rensselaer. And so every night for a year and a half, if you've never delivered newspapers, it's the funnest job, most relaxing job, but hardest job at the same time as far as you never get a day off. So Christmas morning, you're working. Yep. And uh, and you actually, you helped out with that for, for Thanksgiving. I mean, Thanksgiving sucked. There's yeah. no, no other way we to had, put it. We had so many papers in my car that uh, I bottomed out on every hill in Rensselaer and it was not a fun night. Yeah, it, it the the Thanksgiving papers, the thickest paper, it, each paper weighs about eight pounds, and so it's pretty. You're delivering five hundred of those; it's not easy. But um, anyways, this one particular night, I was actually listening to a podcast, uh, and and just God kind of impressed it on my heart uh, about starting a location in the city of Rensselaer, uh, and I was just like, oh, I'm not sure, and and just kind of wrestling with this as I'm driving and praying. And I remember pulling into my driveway after the route and I put my hands on the steering wheel and I said, God, if this is what you want us to do, then we'll do it. Uh, that was a Saturday morning. Um, that Sunday, I went up and one of the elders in our church uh, was like, hey, by any chance, were you listening to this this podcast on this past week? And I was like, yeah, I actually, I, I was. And, and I don't remember specifically what he said, but he said something along the lines of like, yeah, I listened to that too. And I I really think that we need to think about going multi-site. And then another elder came up to me. He was like, hey, I was praying this week. And it just really, God just put this impression on my heart that we need to start talking about expansion and multi-site. Now, this is this is at a rough period of the church whenever we're like 60 people. And so I'm like, God, what the heck are you, are you doing right now? And I didn't realize it at the time. Um, but it was really God preparing our hearts in the spiritual before we ever got involved in the practical of of planting our Rensselaer uh, location. Now, fast forward two and a half years, um, it simply came down to the practical aspect of it came down to our Albany campus was packed. Uh, we have got where we are, we've got time restrictions because of the noise ordinances and uh and just the space it's a very tight space and every sunday we were out of chairs we were out of kids space uh, we were literally capped at our growth and so the most logical thing for us to do was to go multi-site at that time and so god prepared us first spiritually and then once the need was there everything was in place for us to go and so that's that's kind of uh the short slash long reason i guess <laughs> of why why we went multi-site yeah no that's good uh, there's a lot of reasons uh you know churches can go multi-site and for us it was you know restrictions at our own building you had a heart for the city uh and you know and part of our our mission overall is to you know plant churches right so it would just kind of fit in with the whole what is city church about so it was kind of no second guessing when you know we got the idea yeah and and just so people know like uh, our, our, our mission statement is we exist to lead people who are far from God into a growing relationship with Jesus. And then kind of the submission or the internal mission for that is we do this by planning churches and changing lives. And so from day one, it was always a part of uh, our DNA or our culture that we wanted to get to a place where we planted churches, where that is uh, one, whether it's a, a location uh, with, that's an exact, rep, exact replica or whether it is through sponsoring or helping out another church planner plant a church, which is uh, something else we've been able to help here and there do as well. And so it is our heart. We want to be a church that plants churches. Yeah, that's good. 
So with all this, I'll let you speak to, to most of it, but I'll probably chime in a little bit. How much planning and preparation went into this multi-site launch? I would say after the initial conversation uh, with the elders, we started talking about it almost a year later publicly as a church. And so we started changing our language because we would just say City Church Albany, and we dropped the Albany if, because we knew we were going multi-site. And so we started changing our language just to City Church. Um, that was kind of the first step. And then we kind of unveiled it to the church. And everyone in the church was like, why are you doing this? And it's just like, I don't know when, but we just want to let you guys know it's on our radar. And it was probably six months. So we're now about, I'd say a solid year, year and three months um, after God kind of put it in our heart. Um, so, you know, 15, 16 months later, we started um, holding interest meetings and we really uh, just said, all right, we're just going to see who's even interested in this. And so we did an interest meeting and 30 people showed up. I was like, oh, that's cool. And we didn't know what to expect. And so, uh, and we'll get into this in a minute, but, uh, but we did an interest meeting and then we did another interest meeting. And then it was like, well, we've done three or four interest meetings. Why don't we do a preview Christmas experience, promote cheaply to the community and just see what kind of pull would come in from the community. And so uh, almost like starting a new church, that's what we did. We, we did a Christmas experience. It was on a different night than our uh, main location at the time or our location at the time. And it was literally like, let's just see. And that Christmas experience, we I think we had 80 or 85 people show up, yep. um, whom I would say 50 plus did not attend our church. And I was blown away by that. And so that was kind of the, the solidifying factor for us. Like, this is something that we need to do. Uh, we know the uh, we know the numbers. There's only 2.7% of the population that calls themselves evangelical Christians in this city. Let's do this. And at that point, we took the entire next year um, planning, saving, developing teams, purchasing, planning, saving, developing, purchasing teams, purchasing teams, purchasing equipment. Um, and we just kept doing it over and over and over and really started getting into the system of what does this look like for us to be a multi-site church? And then we, um, of, of this year, 2018, we did uh, preview experiences that happened simultaneously with our Albany campus. And then three months after that, three months of preview experiences, we had our full launch. And um, since then, it's been going extremely, extremely well. Uh, no, al literally almost zero hiccups with it. And I think a lot of that comes down to there is so much planning and preparation that went into it. Yeah. And I want to just have you kind of dig deeper in these two areas of preparation, if you would. So the one that, you know, everyone, especially pastors have on their mind is the finances side of it, right? How did you get the finances? How did you spend the finances? How did that work out? And then the second part of preparation that uh, is just as important, if not more so, uh, that sometimes, or I would say more so than often gets overlooked is the preparation of not your staff, but your volunteers. Yeah. So finances first, um, I think the total amount that it cost us without, um, without heavy on the marketing side, cause we, we still have, we've been, we have a very, very small marketing budget and that's intentional. Um, I would say we probably put anywhere from twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars into starting this location, and um, f financially speaking, it it came through out of surplus. Whenever we had extra money as, as a church, 
uh, we bought equipment and we just stocked it away. Uh, whenever um, we did a giving campaign or like our year end offering, uh, that offering went towards purchasing equipment. And so over the course of about six months or so, maybe seven months, we started purchasing everything that we need. And then even with our budget, and you can speak to this from a production end, uh, we looked at what was our dream production budget, our dream kids budget, our dream host team budget, and then what is the bare minimum to get this started. And I think we landed somewhere in between. And yep. since then, we've been trying to work our way up to get everything on the dream uh, budget financially. I mean, you speak to this a little bit with the production end because I know we don't have everything that we want, but I know we have more than what we need. Yeah, it was one of those things where uh, we want to plan ahead in case you get that, you know, one, two big donors and all of a sudden your budget goes to $100,000. You don't want to be unprepared for that, right? Um, so that's kind of why you, you go ahead and dream big because um, God can do great things. Um, but you also have to be realistic where at the end of the day, if you're, you're have to launch this church and you only have twenty five thirty thousand dollars uh you got to make sure that you can do it with the resources that you have so it's it's the idea of planning for both you want to make sure that you can do it um because that's what you're called to do so even with nothing you can make it happen or if you're given everything and have budgets beyond your uh dream it's not just wasteful money you know what you're doing with it yeah yeah totally and so i know i know people that say you can't launch a church without seventy five thousand dollars and i would disagree with that um, I think it really depends on where do you where you put your money and what's your emphasis. A lot of churches, and I, I totally understand this, and I'm not at all discrediting it, they have the launch big mentality, which is kind of what we did. Um, it's different in the Northeast, though, than it is in the South. And there's there's just, it's, it's literally night and day. And so we could, we, we learned several years ago, I can spend thousands of dollars on a mailer and I can have three people show up, which has happened before. And so I knew if we did a mailer right now and we spent $10,000 on a mailer, we might get five to seven, maybe 10 people. Uh, and we still may do a mailer in the future, but I was a part of a church that would literally dump uh, $30,000 a year into mailers um, and they would not see the retention in the Northeast. In the South, <clears throat> excuse me, in the South, totally different. And so we looked at it, well, what's some other ways that we can advertise? Um, and so we looked at serving the community. We looked at, at social media, Facebook ads. We looked at just word of mouth, stuff like that, uh, which helped us drastically cut back on the budget. Some of the other things is facilities are, are huge. With our Rensselaer location, our Rensselaer location can hold a capacity of about 250 adults um, and probably 60 to 70 kids, which is much more than our Albany location. And uh, we did that intentionally. Um, one is is the Rensselaer community is more suburban. It's more family oriented. We know that when a family comes, they're bringing their kids, they're bringing their spouse. And so we want to make sure that we have the room for that. Where in Albany, it's primarily singles, young professionals or newlyweds. And so they're not going to have near the amount of kids that come. And, and to this day, since we've launched Rensselaer from day one has had more kids than our Albany location. Um, it, it's, it's just one of those things. Mm -hmm. And with that, we picked a location. We do it at the Rensselaer Boys and Girls Club. Uh, they were in need of people to give. And so we were like, well, hey, we need a building. Let's give to you guys. We got our lease for, I think we pay under $13,000 a year, right at 13000 a year. Um, and we get the entire gym, which has got phenomenal acoustics. Uh, we get their lobby area. We get some classrooms upstairs. 
It's been remodeled. It's clean. It's safe. And everyone in the community knows where the Boys and Girls Club is. Yep. And so that was an area uh, we, we looked at a, at, a, at a movie theater and the movie theater would have been um, $2,600 a month, I think. And it's like, well, we can spend 1000 or $1,100 a month or we can spend twenty six. Let's go with this. And everybody knows this. And this is another nonprofit that we get to help out. And so that's that's another financial uh, cut that we did. And so, uh, but it has actually played in our benefit. Yeah, that's good. That was a lot on finances. I hope that, look, if anyone has questions about finances with this, I have zero problems showing you exactly what we spent and where our money went and um, what it looked like for us. Yeah, no, that's good. So real quick, just for time's sake, can you just cover the volunteer side of it? Just in terms of preparing exist, cause you gotta move people over, but you gotta make sure you don't understaff your existing campus. Yeah, and, uh, and which is where we actually ran into an issue, and I'll get into that, and I'll try to cover this quickly. Um, we, since we were running two experiences in Albany, and, and we really can't do more because of our lease, um, what we did is we made our 10 o'clock worship experience our Albany volunteers and our 12 p.m. experience our Rensselaer volunteers. And so our Rensselaer volunteers already served with each other. We had this different MCs for the 12 than we did the 10. Uh, the only thing that was uh, consistent between the 10 and the 12 was the preaching and the worship. But even with the worship, the people, the teams would end up switching out, uh, not all the time, but, but several times they ended up switching out where Marissa would lead uh, one Sunday and then Jess would lead another Sunday. And so Marissa's now over in Rensselaer. And so she got used to that. Our, they, they got used to serving with one another. And so whenever we did the split or whenever we started our preview experiences, that was where we first kind of saw what it would look like and taste where we're lacking in volunteers. And we were able to staff to that. And then whenever we actually did the split, our Albany campus from day one has had a stacked team of high capacity volunteers who have been knocking it out of the park. Um, on the negative side, though, the uh, I hope I said that right. Our Rensselaer campus has had a stack team. Our Albany campus um, actually suffered a little bit because we didn't under we didn't realize how much of a vacuum that was going to be. And so at our Albany campus, we've actually been kind of in a rebuilding stage with our volunteers. And that's where whenever we launch our third campus, that's something that I would watch closely um, moving forward. And so that's that I don't want to say it was a failure, but it was something that we didn't completely anticipate and we've learned from it and now hopefully we'll be able to do it better yeah it was definitely more than we anticipated like we planned on it but it was definitely way more than than what was planned yeah yeah um, it, it hit it it hit us a lot harder than we expected yeah. and uh and we're, we're still going things are still good uh but it's it's one of those things that i think in two months from now will be good but but it it did hurt it definitely did hurt so uh, you kind of did this already a little bit in the, the planning and preparation, but can you just walk us through the stages before the launch? So we talked about interest meetings, if you want to cover more what those entail, preview experiences, you know, what does that mean? You know, what, what are those stages? Yeah, so interest meetings, we started about 18 months before we launched, and it was once a month. Um, it may have even been twice a month at, at some point, but once a month where we just had a two-hour Q&A conversation and we invited people, this is what it looks like. This is our mission and our vision. This is what we're going for. And this is what we imagine. And we really tried connecting it to the why instead of the what. Um, not this is how or what we're going to do in church, but this is why we're coming to Rensselaer. And people from the community actually bought into that. And they started attending Albany 
far before, far before Rensselaer ever got off the ground because they knew the why before the what. And so in an interest meeting, we literally bought subs, chips, uh, coffee, sodas, water, and we just had a hour and a half to two hour uh, conversation, maybe an hour presentation, and then 45 minutes to an hour Q&A after that. Um, as far as the preview experiences, preview experiences, we started on Sunday evenings at five, and uh, and it was all straight vision messages. It was, we, we did everything like we would on a Sunday morning. We had worship, we had kids, uh, we had host team, but it was, this is our vision, and this is what this is gonna look like. Here's a little taste. And so we did that, um, I don't know the exact number, I'm gonna say six months, six months or so, yeah, maybe seven like months. Yeah. Um, and then, and then we shifted them after about, after about four months, we shifted them to Sunday mornings. And that's where we got to test drive before we actually had our, our full launch. And so, um, and once we shifted it to Sunday morning, at that point, it was the exact same thing that was happening in Albany, just happening in Rensselaer. And that was probably more so for our volunteers and uh, production and, um, you know, for us internally than it was for the community itself. Yeah. And remind me too, the preview with it being the same time as Albany, that was only once a month for like the, the three months leading up to the launch, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So we did it once a month. We promoted it internally. We didn't promote it externally. Um, and we would have 30, 40, 50, basically the launch team going over there and they would run it. Um, it would either be a video message or it would be myself or the campus pastor preaching over there. I think we did one of each. Yep. And then afterwards we would evaluate it. What worked, what didn't work, where are hiccups, blah, blah, blah. And then kind of try to figure it out from there and then be able to move forward. Yeah. And what was really good about that? Uh, I mean, coming from the production side, but overall what was really good was it, uh, now we, now you got to do it in the building on a Sunday morning, just as you would later on, but you weren't marketing externally yet if someone came that's great you know it's awesome to see them there but i didn't have to fix all the glitches in a week i had a month to figure out okay this is what went wrong this is what i need to get this is how i'm gonna fix it so having that month gap for two three months before we actually launched was huge um, especially for a multi-site like us where it was a teardown setup type of place it wasn't something where everything was just left in a building and i know it's going to be the same every week yeah yeah it literally was three dry runs internally for us and and i think we did have people come check it out but we even told them like we're going to have hiccups and every month it would improve and then by the time it launched it's it's almost not not 100 percent, but it has almost been seamless yeah that's true um so we kind of talked about developing teams. Is there anything else there that you want to cover? Yeah, I, I want to, uh, as far as developing teams, we, we, uh, we have a, a central support team that has their job is to develop leaders at both the Albany campus and the Rensselaer campus. And that's something that we are continuously working on. Uh, our focus right now as a church is continuing to raise up leaders. Uh, so, uh, in the future, it's going to look like uh, we have the internship program. We're trying to pull in high-capacity volunteers who've got leadership potential, uh, stuff like that. During that time, it was really just this is who's committed to going to Rensselaer. We're going to develop you guys. We're going to make sure you know the DNA. Our campus pastor, uh, pastors Ryan and Jen Greenhall, have done an incredible job, incredible job 
at making sure the Rensselaer uh, team leads and volunteers know the culture. And I, you're yeah, in Rensselaer more than I am. So speak to this a little bit because yeah, Ryan, I, Ryan does a, a great job every week. Cause uh, as you said, I think the huge benefit was because uh, the Rensselaer team was doing the 12 PM experience before leading up to this. It was great because everyone already knew each other. So Ryan every week when he's talking to the people who are volunteering, who are there at, you know, eight in the morning for a 10 o'clock experience are, um, He's there encouraging you. He's there asking you how your week was. He's there um, not even just like getting you excited for the experience we're about to have, but always drives it home to the vision and the mission of, of why we're doing this multi-site. So um, if we're as volunteers reminded time and time again why we're there doing this multi-site, it's going to be easier for the person coming through the door, as you said uh, in the very beginning when we did the Q&A, for them to very quickly understand the why. Yeah, and, and if you're a pastor that is thinking about going multi-site or you are a multi-site church and you're having issues at your multi-site location, your second or third location, uh, here's what I would recommend. Get a campus pastor who has bought into the vision and the mission and the values and the culture of the church and who has the gift of encouragement to pass that on to other people. And I, I, Ryan even told me this uh, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, he puts so much time in preparing for the team huddle that happens 30, 40 minutes before church. Because he doesn't have to preach, he can invest all that time into that. Now, he does preach. He does preach occasionally, but that isn't his primary role. His primary role is to be the shepherd and the, the vision protector and steerer over there. And, and he's just done an incredible job at it. And I know that uh, I know that he has got the culture and the DNA of City Church, and it's at a point now where I don't even I don't even question it, um, just because he's proven himself uh, over and over and over and over again. And so, Ryan, if you're listening to this, which hopefully you will, props to you, bro. You've, yeah, you've you've seriously knocked it out of the park. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, what would you do different in this multi-site process that we talked about? We talked about all the highs, but what are some things that you would might do differently? I would probably speed up the process actually. And um, I think there was a season where we talked about it and then it wasn't on the forefront of the church. And uh, the feedback that I got was like, uh, there was about a three month period where we just did not talk about it. It was internally being worked on, but not externally. I would keep it in front of the people more and I would do it quicker. Uh, not, not so quick to where, you know, the feet get, the rug gets pulled out from underneath us, but I would, try to do it within a year timeline instead of waiting that that two plus year um, thing. So whenever we launch our third campus, uh, which will probably be in 2019, uh, we are we are going to do it once we pick our location, we've identified our pastor, our worship leader and our kids person. We're gonna probably do this a lot quicker than we did with Rensselaer. That's, that's what I would do different. Yeah, that's fair. Um, which by the way, if we're launching a campus in 2019 and you want to do it in a year, you got six months to figure it all out. So, uh, well, sometime in 2019, it probably won't be till the fall. Uh, okay. So you got, so we're, months. we're about, we're about that. We're about that year mark right now. So yeah. get all ready, right. Nate. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, uh, so last question, if someone is planning on going multi-site, hasn't done it before, hasn't been involved in it before, uh, or maybe they have, uh, what would vice, what would you tell them? Yeah, if you're if you're think don't don't do it unless you need to do it, um, and I, and I mean that for real, and like it really came down to a need, and our we were we were capped in our growth, and we we had to do it, and once we did it, we saw a bump in our attendance immediately, 
Um, so first off, don't do it unless you have to do it. Uh, second off, you need to make sure you have the financial resources to be able to do it. Uh, again, I'm not talking 75,000. I'm talking about a scalable, worst case scenario, best case scenario, try landing somewhere in, in between. And then the third thing is do research like crazy. Figure out your model beforehand. Figure out the communication. Figure out who's going to be preaching and teaching. Is it going to be satellite venue? Is it going to be a mix of both? Is it going to be the campus pastor preaching the entire time? And then find the leader of that campus and invest into them like crazy. I meet with Ryan and Jen usually over uh, a conference call every week for an hour and a half to two hours to talk about the nitty gritty stuff. Every Monday at three o'clock we talk and, and we get in disagreements as sometimes we've, we've had um, where we've uh, had to really talk through stuff. And so because we have the right person in the right place, we've been able to have those disagreements where if we had the wrong person in that place, I think it would have probably failed. So it comes down to planning, studying up, picking your model, financial resources, and what I think is key, um, having the right person in place. And so those are kind of my five steps. And just again, research, ask questions, go check out other multi-site venue churches, uh, learn as much as you can before you try doing it. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, and if you're listening and you have any questions in terms of multi-site, how we did, as Mike said, if you want to go over the finances, go over the planning, what it's like to deal with cities, buying buildings, renting buildings, all that stuff, feel free to email us at podcast at, or podcast at insideoutgroup.org. Um, you can find Michael at Mike Moore ALB on Instagram, Twitter, uh, anywhere. You can find him at therealmikemore.com as well. Um, so thank you for listening this week about multi-site. We hope that if you plan on going multi-site, as Mike said, reach uh, someone close to you, whether it's uh, someone in your organization or church, or you know, even reach out to us if you don't have anyone else, just to get some advice before going forward. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.